let's jump right into it here. We are back with the Week 2 Fantastic Fantasy Preview. Dan Klaskins, James Adams, Season 2, Episode 48. Are you keeping up with the podcast? We hope you are by subscribing wherever you listen. InsiderFootball.com, that's the website as well. And catch James and me every Saturday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. And we'll drop this on Tuesdays weekly throughout the season, off-season too, so... Definitely want to keep up with that. And here we are one week in the books. And man, it's time to sort of reset some of the wacky week one happenings here. Try not to overreact too much. We definitely have some news of notes, some injuries, some things to adjust to. And we'll take our first glance at week two. And James, like me, uh, I know that uh, not a lot of things went as expected for you in week one. And uh, of course... uh, that was every fantasy manager. I mean, it's, it's so unpredictable, the NFL. And then they add in injuries and some of the other things that happen. But I'll tell you what, man, regardless of all the things that didn't go right, maybe for some, uh, the, a lot of things went right. But whatever it is, man, I'm just happy there's football back, brother. I'm not even kidding when I tell you that there was Steelers fans near me at the Bengals game. We were in a nice section. They were largely nice people, certainly nicer than I've been in, in my history. And throughout that tumultuous back-and-forth affair, I literally at one point went, you know what? I am not that worried about the Bengals. I told you going into this game, and this is this is for not just the Bengals game, of course, but everything. I, I told you going into that one, they didn't practice in the preseason. Pittsburgh did. I was very worried about that game. Refused to pick them in Survivor because I wasn't going to let that be the end of my road. Didn't matter because the end of my road happened in some other entries. I guess a good thing I have multiples because I still have some alive. But I thought there is that game was just incredibly entertaining. And I've heard other people say the same, that if you weren't invested in that game, it was insanely entertaining. I sat there thinking, man, I am glad to have football back. And this is no lie, Dan. I don't know if this means I'm getting old, if I've turned over a leaf. This uh, this gentleman in front of me was a was a Pittsburgh fan. He's a little bit older than me, not a ton. Uh, when the Steelers missed the field goal in overtime off the upright, I literally put my arm on his shoulder and I said, have you gotten your money's worth? And he just started, we both kind of started laughing. Like we both realized that one of us was not going to leave happy, or maybe we're both going to leave a little upset with a tie, but damn it. We were both happy to just see an amazing football game and have a good time. So yes, thank God football's back. No, not everything went the way I thought. Like, yeah, my Seattle last team to win bet. And it's a good thing. I bet the jets too, I guess. I don't know. There were some things I expected, some things I was incredibly wrong on. Yeah, well, you know, we've got a chance to fix it, get it right. It is a marathon, not a sprint, and that's what we're going to do here today on the podcast. We'll take, I said, a look there at the first uh, waiver wire picks. A lot of things going on tonight. Maybe need to hit the wire Wednesdays as well. That's why we want to get right to that. And we're also going to talk a little Thrive Fantasy. We still got that great offer going on over at InsiderFootball.com. Go to the sign-up page there if you make a first-time deposit. At Thrive Fantasy, through that link, you get our tools this season for free and all the great cash at Thrive. Our Michael Waldo joining the mm. Fantastics cash this past week of hitting big there. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, James, I I went 4-0, at least in the picks here on the podcast, so we'll each reveal our week to- two picks, see, uh, see how it can go. But we got a lot to get to before we get to that, and let's start with some of uh, sort of the week one highlights here, low lights for some, good vibes, bad vibes. Uh, let's start with some of the, just in general, before we get into some of the injury updates, just a couple things that we felt good about, so a couple things we felt bad about. I'll start with good, man. And how about the Giants and Saquon Barkley in particular? Uh, here's a team, I early in best ball season, I was in on the Giants. 
Brian, the Brian Dayball buzz. I, I cooled off on him a little bit late. Uh, the Daniel Jones shares definitely did not uh, end up too too many in the latter part of it. But in best ball, I was gobbling a lot of that Giants offense up. And they look pretty good, especially Saquon Barkley. It's great to see great players get back to 100%. He looked like it to me, James. Yeah, he did. I'm really, you know, I was investing more in the other running back in that uh, that game. And that's probably a bad vibe for me. I only got He almost got to 100 yards, so I don't know if I should He just feel. didn't look right in the in, when I was watching it back a little bit. I mean, Henry didn't look like himself out He didn't there. look like Saquon Barkley. That's for golly darn sure, right? Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, but in terms of just the offense in general, I mean, it wasn't the most perfect day for Daniel Jones. We threw a couple touchdowns, 17 to 21. He gets it done on the ground. I mean... Good luck figuring out if any of those receivers will have any value. A buzzkill on Wandale Robinson, the injury, but uh, good vibe. I'll get. I'll start there. I'll say uh, my bad vibe, James, uh, earlier there, really in the week, and that was around the whole Cam Akers situation. I also had some early best ball shares of uh, of Cam, and uh, not to say that I, I did cool off on him as well down there, and as I started to to worry, and I'm not writing it all the way off. I don't think Daryl Henderson's going to run away with things either. Uh, no. clearly the guy I like to have in week two, but in the problem that really out of that Rams game to me was how bad that offensive line looked. So in addition to overcoming his Achilles injury, now battling for touches on this depth chart, he's got to find holes in a, a unit that's got a lot of question marks for me. Yep. You're, uh, you're absolutely right about that. I would say, I mean, and look, he, he seemed reluctant to pass block at times. I mean, He's 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 not the dog that um, he was drafted to be at least right now. I mean, one of my good vibes probably comes from that same team though, Dan. And it's not necessarily Cooper Cup alone, but there was a trio of receivers: Cup, Jefferson, and Chase, all who I was taking before I started dipping my toes into the running back waters. Whether it was Najee Harris, whether it was even Christian McCaffrey, quite frankly, anybody but Jonathan Taylor, I was taking those three receivers first, and all three of them paid dividends this week. I can't say that every t- every team I had them on won, but my teams with them had a much better chance than my teams that's, that didn't. So my good vibes definitely have to be those early run those early receivers and. To kind of a correlation with that, the good vibe that goes with that for me, it's got to be James Robinson coming out of Jacksonville um, because there was some trepidation about, I mean, look what Cam Akers looked like or didn't look like with coming off an Achilles injury. Every injury is its own thing. James Robinson looked like a player that because of matchup, I don't know if I'm ready to plug in in week two, but I have several teams where I have selected him. And look, I, I'm not going to say I love looking at my bench and seeing that 19 or whatever it was uh, PPR points. Because it was on my bench, but I surely did like seeing it on my bench because I knew, boy, I got some options. So that that whole draft strategy thing right now, I'm feeling a very good vibe from. I'll give you another good vibe I had was with Philadelphia and that offense, especially AJ Brown. I know you weren't high on Brown. We, you know, we talked about battled mm-hmm. back and forth on that, but I got to tell you, I've got him in two two pretty high profile spots where it wasn't necessarily a strategy, just the way it worked out. Where I've actually got him stacked up with Hertz, and uh, that worked out real well. And he looked really good. 10 of 13 targets. He pulled in 155 yards. Didn't even get the touchdown there. But, I mean, in one possession alone, four catches, 62 yards. And he ate up just such a large percentage of the target share, the volume there. Devontae Smith, I still like him as a sleeper here, James. I think this Philadelphia offense is going to put up some points. And I think it's safe to say I was already saying it in our podcast on the NFC East uh, months ago. But 
Philadelphia, especially now with the Dak Prescott injury, which we'll get to when we get to our injury updates, this is a team now, James, that I had to sit here today after one week and know where we're at with that situation in Dallas, that Philadelphia is the favorite to win this division right now. So in my eyes, I definitely think uh, they've got the parts defensively and, and the running game. I mean, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, they all get involved and it's sort of a fantasy headache there. But I mean, if they're, if they do, if they put up points and score, they know they're going to run the football. All these people are, could be viable pop parts uh, at certain points of the season. And if you grab them in best ball, especially those Boston Scott shares, you were gobbling up Ooh. late in drafts, James. Those things are looking rather tasty right now. Yeah, would he have 10 yards for a touchdown? I'll still take it, though. That's seven points. Hey, am I, um, our dynasty best ball, which, by the way, dude, you squeaked out on me by like it. two points for a high week. Uh, one, so. baby. I know. I finished. Uh, that was one of three leagues I play in with weekly payout and high weeks. I finished in second place in all three of them. It's like I knew it was first tight, week, but I didn't get the cash. I had a couple narrow margins. I beat our good friend Eric Schneider on Javante Williams' final catch oh. of Monday Night Football as well. So some good vibes for me there. You want to talk about the NFC East, dog? You want to talk about some good vibes? How about Carson Wentz? How about the Commanders? You say it's the Eagles' division. I say not so quick, my friend. Those Commanders won the division two years ago, and I think they are poised to be the champs again. You know I already bet it. Commanders look good. Jahan Dotson looked good. He did look good. I'll take those Commanders, baby. Ah. Uh. I started Dotson as my flex, my DAV league, where it's 16 teamers. And uh, I'm so loaded on that team. So if he hits is for where I drafted him late in drafts, oh, man, it's going to get ugly for those boys. James, uh, let's talk about the injury news. I mean, mm. there's obviously that, too. And most of that's buzzkill city. Let's start with Dak Prescott. I mean, dude. I, I'm so glad. I was already concerned about my injury-riddled backfield in our Scott Fishbowl team where, I, you know, back in June, I thought I might get some value with Akers and Dobbins. Uh, well, I also stacked my first two picks with Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb. So that team is sinking quickly. I did score enough points to beat your Scott Fishbowl team yeah. there in the uh, opening Good old week. Aaron, Ayahuasca Aaron. Even with me Cam Akers, C.D. Lamb, and Dak Prescott in my lineup, I, I squeaked out a, a pathetic win against you. But... I will say that uh, I've got uh, Dak in three of my nine season long somehow. It wasn't even a target thing, dude. It just ended up that way. And once again, he's hurt. And now, yeah, they're saying they're not going to put him on IR, but they probably should have. They probably should have. Because now it's just going to screw you depending on your league rules and your formats to where, all right, yeah, good news, Dak might only miss a month, but bad news, you can't stash him on your IR because they're not putting him on their IR. Oh, and bad bad news too. You can't start them in week in the fourth week that they aren't IRing him for against the Rams. I imagine they'll be playing better by then. That defense. Oh, by the way, remember how bad Russell Wilson was the first couple of weeks? He came back from a very similar situation last week before he was fully healthy. So cool, he can come back and he can play, but he can't grip the football still and he can't be worth a crap. So I can't imagine why they could see what happened with Russell Wilson coming back early last year. And I get it; they want to they want to find themselves in the playoff hunt when when Dak's healthy, but. I don't see how they can look what happened with Russ last year. The two games he played coming back early, he was an abomination of himself. Those statistics were poor. I mean, it's why Russ looks so bad in the second half statistically because of those two games. The, the Cowboys are foolish. But, yeah, that's a bad vibe for them, dude. That that team certainly is – Is we talked about how they were banged up with injuries before Sunday night. Yeah, we'll look at some of the potential replacements at quarterback and talk a little bit about all that when we get to the waiver wire here in a, in a little bit. So stick around for that. But James, uh, let's go to the, some of the running back injuries. The one that we were at the game uh, there with Pittsburgh, Najee Harris. It looked a lot worse when he went out. 
Uh, definitely didn't look great when he went to the sidelines there. It sounds like, though, he's got a good shot at playing this week, telling people he's fine. Uh, it will be a situation to monitor. I'm not expecting a large practice load or anything like that for him leading up to the Patriots game here in week two. Jalen Warren, the clear handcuff, a guy that was ascending late. But for now, I'll take him for his word that this is a short-term issue. If I'm a Harris owner, I'm breathing a sigh of relief. Can't say the same for Elijah Mitchell owners. Let's get your take on this situation brewing in San Francisco. Uh, I mean, literally have a dynasty league with Elijah Mitchell and Dak Prescott on it. Let me tell you, that team didn't win this week. Only a $200 buy-in KFMSC <sighs> team, so That's no, no big deal. Um, it's a good team, and I've won that league before. So, I mean, I, I certainly can't say that uh, it is what it is. I've got Calvin Ridley, who I drafted on uh, – on that team too my thoughts at San Fran I mean here here's my thought I don't know maybe it's Trey Lance maybe it's more Debo Samuel maybe it's Jeff Wilson I mean you know I was drafting Jeff Wilson basically because he was undrafted um I know that people like Dave I know Price and thank well. you because you talked me into that in a lot of different spots I ended up with a lot of Jeff Wilson shares that it were influenced by you now I hope it pans out, though. Here's the deal. Like, it wasn't as much about Mitchell was going to get hurt, but he missed a lot of time last year, right? That's, I mean, that was part of it. He played, what, 11 games last year. Then there was also the fact that there's always a rotating door at San Francisco. Well, that's kind of the problem now. Like, I'm not ready to turn to Jeff Wilson. For as many teams as I may have him, I'm not ready to go, okay, now he's going to get 15 touches, and that makes me comfortable with it. It now just makes me go, okay, I didn't have to pay the, you know, 10% of my waiver wire money for for this player because I was banking on him instead of a backup kicker or a defense, but I can't put him in a lineup yet. Yeah, I'm right with you, brother. Uh, I think you hit it on the head, and it's going to be interesting to unfold. I, I hate to see Mitchell go down, but I'm not yeah. surprised. I mean, durability was uh, a reason, excuse me, a reason that he fell where he did. Yeah. Oh, man, sorry about that. Uh, let's move on to uh, just a couple other notes. I, You know what? My stud dud and sleeper. Talk about some uh, fizzles of, on the, across <laughs> the board. And my dud last week was Cordero Patterson. But to my defense, I was thinking, A, that Tyler Algier would be active in the game, and B, that Damian Williams, who they were talking up late, would actually be the lead back here. He got hurt in the game with an injury. He left early. Algier was inactive. Cordero Patterson sees 25 touches his largest workload in a Falcons uniform. So I also didn't think they would stay in that game, frankly. So I was pretty impressed. Uh, Marcus Mariota and, and Arthur Smith. I mean, there was enough wrinkles there. So James, you and I both I'll talk about on the podcast and the show that, Hey, I mean, Patterson's fallen further than he should. And at the very least he's a flex guy in PPR leagues and certainly came to fruition in week one. But I will say that Damian Williams uh, with that rib issue, uh, I still think he's going to have a play, and I certainly believe the rookie eventually will come. So maybe sell high time on Patterson. I'm not saying I'm I'm still a disbeliever, but uh, this could be peak value coming out of what we just saw in week one. Who knows? But let's get to the receiver position. Lots of injuries here, including the guy you already talked about, and this one is really problematic for week two because they play on Thursday night, but Keenan Allen, I, he, it's pretty much already ruled out for this week's Thursday game after suffering that hamstring, playing on the short week. Uh, so that's a bum bummer all around. But, I mean, a hamstring issue with a guy like Keenan Allen and soft tissue injuries and wideouts, James, never a good beginning to a season. Well, I mean, my man's only missed like what one or two games the last four years. We finally got over that injury bug. I finally got over that issue I had drafting him. Thank goodness I did. Yeah, I mean, I guess here's the deal. It's Thursday night. 
we'll know ahead of time. You're not going to have to make decisions on him. But unfortunately, there's teams where he's my wide receiver one. He's certainly my wide receiver two on a lot of teams. Um, so it's going to be a big problem and what moves forward because you got to think this Kansas City game is one you were licking your chops for. Really, so was the uh, Vegas game too. Yeah. Um, and now you're not going to have him. I mean, you just if he comes back and plays in week three, he's going to be in all of my lineups. But uh, this is certainly disheartening to say the least. They haven't ruled him out yet. The coach just he won't said, play. It's just not looking great. And I mean, it's a it's just a formality at this point. I will I say. So. If you were like me and grabbing Josh Palmer late uh, in this shootout, I mean, he saw the second most target volumes. We'll get to him probably in the waiver wire report, but uh, really liking him in this matchup too. Let's talk about some other injuries. Godwin, I was shocked they even played him, James. Me too. And then he looked good to start the game, too. That was even crazy. He looked impressive, but it is unfortunate. And now it's another few weeks with him on the sidelines here. Uh, Julio Jones, I meant to give Julio Jones one of my good vibes, by the way, but I wasn't buying into Julio having a lot left. And I'll tell you what, man, uh, after watching some social media clips of him and, and races at, at practice and seeing it in that game, uh, Julio looks like he's got enough in the tank to at least be a role player there. And this injury will open things up. Look for Gage to get a little more involved. Mike Evans, mm-hmm. obviously a stud. How worried are you about T. Higgins in this concussion? I mean, other than the fact it was a cheap hit that they didn't throw a flag on it, that they basically gave the Steelers a touchdown on a sneeze uh, right before it. <laughs> Well, that's a very loaded question. Um, I mean, I'm definitely concerned about it, right? T. Higgins missed some time last year. There seems to be this, that, and the other. And I mean, it was a it was a big physical hit from Minka, and Higgins' helmet came off. He was he wanted off the field right away. That was uh, certainly troubling. Um, if I if you have T. Higgins, you're you're worried, and it's a four o'clock game too. So you know, hopefully, this is something that has absolutely figured itself out beforehand. Um, which I do think with the concussions, we should have that knowledge ahead of time. But yeah, I mean, I'm certainly worried. Um, this is a smash spot for the Bengals. You would think with a beat up Cowboys team, they opened up seven point favorites already. It's disgusting that on Sunday, I'm already looking up to see what the spread is after Dak got hurt. Um, oh, that's not disgusting. I, uh, during Sunday Night Football is when I start looking at my spreads for the next week. <laughs> but I'm concerned. Yes, I'm concerned. I do think the Bengals have what it takes to get uh, by without T. Higgins for the next two weeks. So, you know, as a T. Higgins uh, owner, you got to be thinking, man, they, they really maybe they don't need him for the Jets or the Cowboys um, going from week three to week two. So maybe, uh, you know, who knows? I'm mean, Obviously, if he's healthy, he's going to be out. But obviously, I'm worried. I mean, I'm rambling here. Yeah. You are worried and you are rambling. So let's get to this waiver wire and ramble through that. I think uh, we've already hit on some of the top names, and it really will be based off of need. Uh, And and running back, I think, James, uh, just looking at, you know, some of the transaction trends over here at Yahoo, uh, just in general in the leagues, and, and looking just at different ownership percentages in general in some of the formats here. I mean, Jeff Wilson going to be the top player on the board here with the news that we talked about of Elijah Mitchell's injury. Do you need a running back? You're starting off. You got $100 in fab. How much is Wilson worth in a 12-team league based off of this two-month window that Mitchell's on? 10 to 15%, depending mm. on how desperate you are. And that's as high. I mean, that's probably high, actually. It's probably not even that. Because, again, I go back to – how much is it Debo? How much is it Lance? How much does uh, Davis Price get the role instead? So, Two months is a long time. And Wilson has the experience that the rookies don't. Knowing that Sermon's out of the picture, too. I, I'm about double that, honestly. I Okay. If I, and, I mean, I, I actually got Wilson in a few leagues. I only play a nine this year. He's already on three of my rosters. I haven't really made my way to the waiver wire just yet specifically. But 
I would say he's worth the 25 to 30% because I mean, you got to look at the running back position and these short windows. And we know if he does, we've seen him have some big fantasy days in a Niners uniform. And we know that the schedule is going to ease up a little bit too. So for me, another guy that's out there, James, mm-hmm. and uh, more leagues, especially shallower leagues, I know uh, depends on between Wilson and Henderson, but if Daryl Henderson wasn't drafted, and then some 10-team leagues, he wasn't, uh, would you rather have him or Wilson off the waiver wire? I think I'd rather have Henderson right now. Um, I, Wilson's four, uh, 30 years old. It's been a couple of years since he's been productive. Henderson had his moments last year. Um, he has trouble staying healthy, but... Why haven't we seen Wilson? I mean, he has trouble staying healthy too. So I think I would rather have Daryl Henderson right now. Um, I'm still not sold on the San Francisco offense. It'll be interesting to see how they look now again next week. I know Lance looked better than maybe the, what, 10 points that they put up would indicate with that bad weather game. Just not sold on San Fran being a huge offense. I do think the Rams get healthy. Yeah. Uh, I The Rams will get healthy this week versus the Falcons for sure. Correct. I mean – I'm not going to overreact. Like I said, the big thing I walked away from that game, it wasn't even Cam Akers because I expected a slow start based off the the vibe of the preseason. But that line looked worse than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was concerning. Moving our way down running back, because I, I would I would think those would be the two biggest names potentially out there, uh, just looking at some of this data I am. But you got Jamal Williams, a guy you're big on, James. He, he uh, He's proved that maybe he's more than just a handcuff to DeAndre Swift. Kenny Gainwell, this is a guy I've been big on and have on a lot of teams. I, I called him the quintessential RB4 with that upside there. Miles Sanders looked a little better than I was anticipating, mm-hmm. but either way, I think Gainwell, Jamal Williams, maybe even Khalil Herbert. I'm looking at some of the leagues that I'm in. He's out there in some spots. Of those three, I know you got an affinity to Williams, but uh, I think any one of those three – could, you know, that's five to ten dollars maybe of your hundred dollar budget if you want to go a little cheaper at a running back and try to build some depth. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, for me, because I think Jamal Williams is one swift injury away, not that I'm wishing it on him, from being the featured back in Detroit. And not that he was a, ever a featured back in Green Bay, but he carried a load a little bit. He had there. his moments where he put yeah. up production like one. And I don't think you're going to get, I mean, with, okay, if Miles Sanders goes down, there's still Boston Scott vulturing Tulsa. Well, that's down. just, that team is to me, that's just their offense, right? I mean, I think, I think they, I think those three guys I just named all have standalone value, especially in deeper leagues and in leagues where, you know, uh, with, with all the, I, agree. I just think, stuff. I think that's why I would like Jamal Williams, but first over them, I think, and Herbert honestly, I, third to me. It's funny because, you know, you liked Williams. I like Gamewell. So we, we're putting our flags in those guys. But Herbert, I mean, David Montgomery looks terrible. Uh, you talk about a guy, he might not even need an injury to steal the job. I mean, if we're just talking about opportunity, right? That's, that is very true. I mean, certainly David Montgomery is probably more, is definitely more supplantable than Swift. It, and, and I would even say Miles Sanders. I mean, I know Sanders gets a bum rap for the touchdown, and it's been you know injuries and such. But when he's healthy, I mean, that guy's a playmate. I mean, he, and used when he's used properly. I would take Miles Sanders isn't. if I was starting a football team before I'd take uh, David Montgomery. I'm not talking a fantasy football team. I'm just talking a football team. I might agree with you there. Let's talk receiver. Plenty of options there. Uh, a couple which we did hit on a little bit. Julio Jones. How high up on the list is he? especially now that we know Godwin's going to miss a few weeks. I mean, he's a player I think that should have been selected anyway. 
Um, so he's certainly a player that I think if he's available, you've got to be looking at because he's looked good. And we know Tom Brady has this way of making these guys work out, whether it was Antonio Brown. I mean, I don't know if you want to go all the way back to Randy Moss, but you can. Tom Brady makes those guys work out when you thought maybe it was over. I think he's going to do the same thing for Julio Jones. I don't know that Julio goes for a thousand this year, yeah. but he, he, you add him. Speaking of some fantasy retreads, we saw big week ones from Jarvis Landry and Curtis Samuel. Those guys are on some waiver wires. Would you make a move for either of them? And of the two, uh, which one excites you more? Curtis Samuel probably excites me more, but he's also the one that's going to leave you wanting more. Um, because I think John Dotson is still rock solid. You know I'm a Terry McLaurin guy. I don't know how often three receivers are going to be viable pieces for Washington. Landry, I mean, look, Michael Thomas, he scored some touchdowns. Can he stay healthy? Landry is a, is a player with a much more stable floor. So if you're looking for some massive upside, swing for the fences, you might be drowning already. I suppose then it's 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 um, it's um, uh, Curtis Samuel. My goodness. But otherwise, I think it's Jar- Jarvis Landry because he's a player you put in your lineup. And you go, yeah. all right, I know he's not going to kill me this week. I know he's going to get five, six catches. Well, Jahan Dotson, I mean, those two touchdowns made the highlight reels, but Curtis Samuel, I mean, the targets were were mm-hmm. six more than Dotson. So, uh, you know, I'm but looking Dotson's at... Dotson's also playing his first game ever, and he's going to grow into a bigger yeah. role. And they're not going to be playing the Jags each week. So just That's temper true. your expectations. James, a couple of receivers that I loved, you know one of them was DJ Shark. He made it on uh, my bold predictions. He did all that. And, I mean, eight targets in week one, 52 yards and a touchdown he's still on your waiver wire he's worth six to eight dollars i think another player obviously we talked about josh palmer with keenan allen's injury the long-term impact might be limited if allen's injury isn't as as serious uh but either way this was a guy that he's playing one of my favorite offenses in football this year and robbie anderson baker mayfield may have breathed life into him but more than that he doesn't have joe brady calling the plays anymore and this could be another year like we saw two years ago and here was a wide receiver six on about half my do good fantasy best ball teams I think you could add Tyler Boyd in shallow leagues, um, but I think you got to talk about Zay Jones as well, Dan. Yes. Six catches. You know I was on him. I'm on a Trevor Lawrence. It's not that I love Zay Jones. I just love Trevor Lawrence. So um, I think you got to go there. And then there's probably another pass catcher tight ends on a lot of waiver wires this week. He was a touchdown maker. Yeah. I would say uh, those are the big names I had at running back and receiver. Raheem Mostert, I'll throw him onto the list too if he's out there as somebody to look at. Uh, I mean – Chase Edmonds saw some volume, but 24 snaps there. I mean, that's that's worth adding. At tight end, James, Hayden Hurst. We've been talking about him. I know, uh, you know, Bengal Homeland, but man, being out there, watching him on the field, eight targets, five catches. He ran 45 routes uh, to Drew Sample's eight. He's the guy, Cincinnati's offense. It's a little rusty. They didn't play a lot of the preseason together. Look for it to pick up upticks. And I think Hayden Hurst is a breakout potential player and I love Gerald Everett coming out of week one he's on a ton of waiver wires right now and Donald Parnham already ruled out again for Thursday night so those are my two top tight end picks you got any other players uh before we get to the quarterback position and those Dak Prescott owner recommendations what about touchdown Tyler Conklin coming out strong after a bold prediction this year the Jets just suck so bad, dude. He had a touchdown, but I think he had four catches for like three yards. So. I mean, but one was a touchdown, so he was worth playing in my tight end premium leagues where I got a point and a half for each catch and a touchdown. It was beautiful. Um, I think that, that that pretty much hits them all, Dan. I guess I do have to ask you, coming off the Monday night game, um, because, you know, we, we the Broncos were like, oh, Russ Wilson likes tight ends, and 
You know, I don't know if Will Disley still be- is, is Will Disley was my prop parlay uh, over 11 and a half yards. I the first of three I hit to hit my parlay last Oh, night. it was still sunshine in the uh, in Seattle when that one hit. A- what about this Beckfeller? I mean, we're we're talking about Dulcich, we're talking about Albert O. And then Beck is the featured feller over there. Well, wait till uh, Dolcic gets back there. That's going to be his role. I, and I wonder, is this was Beck just a matchup play because he was playing some fullback? But I mean, he was targeted the first two pl- pass plays for for. I thought for you were Russell talking Wilson, about. So. I thought you were talking about Greg Dortch there for the Cardinals who caught seven balls. It's like who? Who's this guy? I thought it was Matt Deutsch's brother, but it's Dortch. It might be <laughs> Rex Burkhead. Uh, I did pick him up in Scott Fishbowl before Week One, and he outsnapped uh, Damian Pierce pretty significantly mm, there. Which was, there's a bad vibe. Yeah. Well, yeah, rookie's got to learn how to pass block. Devin You're Dugan, right. are you buying into those touchdowns? I don't know. I mean, kind of, um, kind of, right? Because somebody's got to be the wide receiver one there. And I believe in in Lamar Jackson. I believe he's going to throw 25 to 30 pe- touchdown passes. So, kind of. We were searching at that spot. I didn't know if Isaiah Lakely, Likely was really going to be their wide receiver, too, at tight end, too. So, kind of, yeah. I would just say practice patience. I mean, there's a lot of guys sure. that didn't live up to it. We talked about Cam Akers and the Rams, and you know now we're talking about Damian Pierce and James Cook and Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, the names, Devontae Smith. <laughs> there are names out there. I mean, obviously, dudes got hurt. I mean, you'll have to make some decisions on them. But let's hit quarterback, James. Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, I think those are the top two guys. And Marcus Mariota comes in third on my list as uh, all viable options for Prescott owners. Man, Mariota th- show, shows some rushing floor, um, which is maybe what I always expected from him, but he doesn't run the ball nearly as much as I would have thought, given you know his history, uh, even going back to college. Um, Carson Wentz is going to be number one for me because Carson Wentz was number one for me in the preseason, and then he shows out in week one. Why would I change where I stand now? All right, let's take it. He was one of my bold predictions, top 12 quarterback. There you have it. There you have it. Why why pivot after one week? Don't do it. Uh. Don't do it. All right, let's let's take our turn to the future. Take our first look at week two. We're just going to quickly run through games. We're going to talk about the spreads, just some early first takes, just some key things to watch. And I can't wait to watch this Thursday night battle. Amazon Prime debut. Chargers at the Chiefs. Three and a half is the line in favor of the Chiefs coming off a monster week. Their home opener, 54 and a half on the total. James, you know I'm all in on the Chargers to win this division, and the Chiefs look really good, but the Cardinals, they're not good. So I like the Chargers here in the hook, baby. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm not going to probably touch the over, although I think it's going to get there. But, man, this is just going to be a fun game to watch. Fire them all up, babe. I would say uh, from the Chiefs receiving core, which receivers are startable in 12-team formats where, you know, maybe three receivers and a flex are in play? Oh, I don't know. Juju? I mean, maybe all of them? MVS? Maybe Sky Moore? Uh, it's maybe none of them? Depends on your options, right? Uh, so yeah, all of them and none of them all at once, depending on your league and options. The Chargers, you know, we talked about the Keenan Allen situation. How much does that, like, bump up or bump down Mike Williams for you? Uh, bumps up Mike Williams a little bit for me. I think it's just going to mean that we're going to see some James. other options from the Chargers. I think that uh, that is Keenan Allen. Then you've got Miami at Baltimore, which is uh, a three and a half point favorite well, there for Baltimore. Miami over 43 and a half is the total there. And you know, the Ravens coming off that week one win versus the Jets. They got a lot to prove here. Rashad Bateman did get the touchdown. 
the the running game is going to have a tougher time of it against Miami, wouldn't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, look, Miami defensively looked very good, and I don't know if that's more about what you take from the Patriots or what you take from Miami, but I would say it will be a little bit more difficult. That's going to be an interesting game. It's not going to be interesting in Cleveland. The Browns hosting the Jets. Jacoby Brissett versus Joe Flacco. No surprise, it's the lowest total of the week, 40 and a half, at least tied for the lowest total. The Browns, uh, a team here, James, you got to like, uh, you know, you heard what I said about Flacco last week. I ain't switching pace now. It might have been my best bet of the week was one of the few I hit. I will say this, at least Joe Flacco came through on our dynasty best ball as my emergency pickup. But yeah, I would say the Browns, I mean, they they showed that they are a good football team regardless of quarterback. Maybe they were a good football team regardless of quarterback a year ago. Um I don't know if I want to say the Browns. I'm surprised I'm about to say what I'm about to say, but I will definitely say it based off what I thought coming in the season, what after we saw week one, a a critical early season NFC playoff matchup potentially here with Washington and Detroit. They could be battling for a wild card spot later in the season, James. And Detroit looked pretty good against Philadelphia. Can they keep it up with the commanders? And can the commanders uh, pull off a win on the road when it's not the Jaguars? Commanders will need this win to be uh, to be taken seriously. Detroit needs to take get this win, or they're they're are they going to be taken seriously as anything other than a, a good TV show? So yeah, this will be. Uh, odds makers are taking the offenses seriously. It's at forty nine and a half. It opened up at forty five and a half last week, so it jumped four points there after Week One's action. Detroit, a two and a half point home favorite. Jacksonville, the team that lost a week ago in Washington, they return home for their home debut. They're a four-point underdog with a total of 47 and an AFC showdown with the Colts, a team that predictably looked less than stellar versus the Texans, and now they get a chance to look less than stellar against another under-matched uh, division foe for me, James. This game, uh, if the Colts don't come out and just do take care of business here, I, I don't know how seriously I can take them as a playoff contender here. I wholeheartedly agree with you there. They let one go, um, and now you get Jacksonville, who you say what they want. They didn't pull it out in the end, but they look pretty good this week. Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, fantasy studs. Are how concerned? I know you, you're, you're pretty pumped about all the James Robinson shares, but Travis Etienne, is, is this somebody we see a little more of here this week? I hope not. I have zero shares, but yeah, probably so. Yeah, I think they'll build him up a little bit there. Tampa Bay at New Orleans, already going to be a pretty key game. The Saints showed a lot of fight coming back there against the Falcons. The Bucks, a three-point favorite in New Orleans with a total of 44, and we've talked about the Saints and how much they've owned Tampa Bay of late. I mean, you know I'll take the three points. Get out of here with that. There's a reason I like the over eight and a half, and it was because I knew that they could compete with the uh, Bucks. I certainly didn't know I'd be sweating that that Falcons game, but yeah, I'll take the three points here. I mean, the Bucks just lost Chris Godwin. Are they a good football team? Did they look good just because the Leonard Cowboys Fournette looked so bad? Looks pretty solid. I will say that. I mean, a lot of talk about this agree. offensive line. Leonard Fournette. I'm not worried about him eating too many Twinkies anymore. Like he showed me that he's ready to play some football. Uh, you know, Mike Evans is a stud. I'm not taking any looks outside of those two, probably. I mean, Julio is worth the roster pickup, but he's a dicey play with nobody on by unless you're hurting him for injuries or something. Uh, but I will say New Orleans, Alvin Kamara, James, pretty disappointing. That was my disappointing stud of the week, yeah. And they're saying there's a rib issue. Uh, Ingram looked less than impressive. I, they brought Latavius Murray in for a visit today. I mean, that's not good. So we'll see. But Jameis looked good. Thomas was back. Landry's mixing in nice. Look for a little more Olave. This is a Saints team on the upside. 
Carolina at the Giants. And we talked about my good vibe with the Giants. They're laying two and a half. The total's 43. Carolina looks competent with uh, Baker Mayfield there. I think they have some things to work on defensively. McCaffrey definitely uh, put up some decent fantasy numbers. I think he'll build on that this week. The total here, James, is 43. I, I'm not saying I think it's a shootout, but I, I like it a little over the 43 here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good number, quite honestly. I Maybe mean, it's a little over, but yeah. I mean, I don't think either team gets to thirty, so I don't think you're you're getting well, thirty. Uh, that would be sixty. I just I think you know this is a game that's going to push close to fifty. I see it, uh, but either way, uh, there's some fantasy goodness to be had there. New England at Pittsburgh. This is this the game tied for the lowest total this week. We know Mac Jones dealing with a back issue, Najee Harris dealing with a foot issue. Both of them still unknown for this week. Uh, the bigger issue for Pittsburgh, obviously, T.J. Watt and the news of his peck, they're going to be without him. But, uh, James, the Patriots' favorite in Pittsburgh after watching Trubisky. I'll say this, getting to watch it in person, Mitch Trubisky is an upgrade here from what we saw last year under center for Pittsburgh. His ability to move around and avoid pressure and buy time for some of those talented wideouts is going to make a difference and make Pittsburgh a better offense as a whole. A little bit, but it's, let's, let's not act like it wasn't all defense for for Pittsburgh that got them into that game. I mean, he looked better, but, and maybe it's just Mitch, Mitch Trubisky football, but dude, it's jet sweeps. It's shovel passes. I mean, they're, they're not running a normal offense. He, it's not, he's still not going to just drop back and sit in that pocket to find. All I said was he's an upgrade over Roethlisberger last year. I I, I wasn't trying to appoint him the next, uh, you know, Joe Montana or anything. It was an upgrade. It was an upgrade. Let's move to the four o'clock games. We got a couple four o five Easterns, three four twenty five, or two, uh, yeah, three four twenty five Easterns. Atlanta at the Rams, Seattle at San Fran. Let's start there. Atlanta, uh, ten and a half point underdog here to uh, the Rams. The total is at forty seven half. The Niners favored by eight and a half, forty two over Seattle. And uh, you know, Seattle coming off the game last night. There are people not buying into it too much. Are you buying into it? I'm not. Um, I mean, Denver left the ball on the doorstep of the goal line multiple times. The emotion that goes with opening week, the emotion that goes with the return of Russ. Nah, I'm not buying it. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm ready to lay the points with the Niners, but the Niners are going to win. Yeah. And what about uh, the Rams? How big of a bounce back should we expect in week two? I don't know. The Falcons look pretty good putting up points. I don't think the Rams are all of a sudden going to put up 42 points. I mean, Matthew Stafford had some issues. He wasn't looking anywhere but Cooper Cup. Um, there's some film to look at in both directions. I don't know if I would lay the 10-plus with the Rams either. Yeah, but I'm probably going to be more optimistic. Is Allen Robinson startable this week? Yes, but... Right? Because you got to think that, the, the, okay, the Rams should win this game. And they should be able to start maybe not forcing the ball to Allen Robinson, but forcing the ball to Allen Robinson. So, yes, but. But if he's not involved again this week, um, he's certainly not. He better have a nice week or he's not startable in week three. And if you have a, if, if you drafted receiver heavy where you have some options that you could feel comfortable putting him on the bench, you put him on the bench. Yeah. I think he's got a little bit longer of a leash than uh, Cam Akers might right now. Well, yeah, Cam Akers. <laughs> I would agree with that. Allen Robinson's going to be on the Allen field. Allen Robinson a lot more. for me is a fringe wide receiver 30 this week, somewhere between 30 and probably 36. Back end wide receiver three in my pro- loose projection. At best. For yeah. Me. 
Uh, we'll see. Uh, in terms of the 425 games, three of them, Cincinnati at Dallas. Of course, Cooper Rush expects it to start there. The Bengals a seven-point favorite, 43.5 the total there. And just to put that in perspective, uh, it was 52 before the injury. So it almost went down a whole 10 points here. Um, Houston and Denver, 9.5 points. The Broncos are favorite, 44 the total there, their home opener. And then you got Las Vegas hosting Arizona, who looked abysmal. This is a Raiders-Chomp game here, James. Of these games, I mean, I really like the Raiders to put it to the Chargers. Or not the Chargers, but the uh, Cardinals here. Raiders get healthy. Fully agree with you. I think the Broncos get healthy, too. I think the Bengals uh, definitely win that game. I'm not sure that the offense gets completely healthy, though, against this uh, Dallas D. So I'd like to see that offensive line perform a little bit better this time. Sunday night, a snoozer. Chicago at Green Bay. Green Bay's laying 10. The total's at 43. That's a little much, but uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know he owns the Bears. I guess he will on Sunday night, too. And then Monday night, James, your thoughts on a week two doubleheader. Tennessee at Buffalo at 7.15 Eastern. Minnesota at Philadelphia at 8.30 Eastern. Buffalo a 10-point favorite. The total's at 49.5 versus the Titans. And Philadelphia, a 1.5-point favorite at home to the Vikings, laying a total at 51.5. I'm going to have to be at a bar. To get both games on because they don't stagger them far enough. So my real thoughts about the Monday night doubleheader is, man, why? Why? Look, I, I know people have to work on the morning, but just I'll get over it. Start that game later. Let me see both games in their entirety. Now that being said, Vikings Eagles has like real playoff implication feel to it, and, and Titans Bills. I mean, those are two of your top dogs from a year ago. What you're one in your three seed, so. I'd say that while the Titans didn't look great, the Bills did, and there's playoff implications that should be thought about. I don't know if the Titans can hold up their end of the bargain. All right, let's wrap up the podcast with a look at our Thrive Fantasy Week 2 picks. And uh, we had a lot of fun doing it last week here on the show. We'll do it each week of the season. We invite you to do it with us. You can play Fantasy at Thrive Fantasy in either their prop lobby or check out all the great contests. They've got them for a lot of sports. We'll be talking mostly football here and We're going to highlight this week's $25 entry for the $150,000, $30,000 to first contest going on on the NFL main slate. It's really simple. There's 19 options on the card. You pick 10 of them. The less probable the props to occur, the more points you receive if you choose correctly. And they do have uh, some backup players in case there's injuries because if your player doesn't play at least one snap, they move on to that. And $30,000 for first, $15,000. For uh, second place, so some nice prizes all the way down to one hundred or one thousand three hundred thirtieth place. There's a lot of overlay in these polls too, which is worth checking out. And best of all, you can get it our insider football tools for free by making a first time deposit at Thrive Fantasy at the link over at insiderfootball.com. And James, you may uh, you had a good week last week in a lot of ways, but not in this little head to head here. It's I went hilarious. I went four and zero. Oh, you went one and three. Uh, <laughs> I picked successfully Herbert. Two and a half passing touchdowns plus interceptions over 105 points. Mike Thomas under five and a half receptions. He did have a nice day, but just got five balls under for 95 points. Justin Jefferson, my 125 point play has over 90 half, eight and a half receiving yards. I think he had it on like two catches. And then Mahomes, 281 yards was my ice pick. I don't get those points. But after one week, bro, I think I got as many points as I got in the first three weeks last season. So uh, I'm at like 325 points here. You missed Keenan Allen. He got hurt, so that sucks. McCaffrey under the rushing touchdown. Of course, he scored. Uh, And Jonathan Taylor, you did nail that one. 110 and a half rushing yards for 110 points. So you got 110. You're you're in the mix here, buddy. But uh, 
I get to pick first this week because I won. That's how it goes. And uh, the question is, what do I want to do with that power? What do I want to do with that power? You know what? I can't wait to hear it. I don't know. I don't know. I've got some picks here. I just can't decide which one I like the best. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead because I do think it's going to come close to that total. And I'm going to take a dude I know you like off the board. I'm going to take Carson Wentz over one and a half <laughs> passing touchdowns. <laughs> you dog. <laughs> Versus the Lions. I'll take that as my first pick. That was going to be my second pick, so you had a chance to get it again if you didn't take it there because I'm going for a few more points, but I love that pick, and I'm certainly locking that into my lineup as well. I'm going to go Tom Brady under the 275.5 total passing yards. Um, Under is 105 points. He's playing the Saints. The Saints have certainly had the better of Tom Brady in recent matchups when he's been in the division, and he just lost Chris Godwin. They don't look so great, so I'll take the under there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I don't love it, but I, I can see you, how you're approaching it there. Uh, you know, I'm going to go back to the well myself here, and I don't know. That, there's, excuse me. There's a couple I like uh, there. He's got me choked up over it, James. I understand. I'm looking at this Baltimore game, and I'm trying to figure out how I like it, but I'm going to go with Mark Andrews over five and a half receptions. I'm going for the points here. 105. Uh, I mean, the Ravens, they could have had a better day versus Jets. I look for them to get it back up. And Andrews is a guy that six catches doesn't seem that far-fetched for for getting a little bit of a boost there. So I'm going to I'm gonna roll with that. There's some props I like probably better than the one I'm going with here. And it's because I like the point total here a little better. But when I round out my 10, I'm going to take some other ones here. But I want the point total, so I'm going to be – greedy with the 105 points because it's over i'm going over two and a half total past tds plus interceptions for russell wilson that was on my list i just think that they get healthy there was so much going or on they don't he throws game. another pick or two <laughs> well that's fine too he could throw it to the other team but i think that's what i like to- uh, as much about this is if he gets one pick well boy that helps him need more touchdown prowess so i just feel like this is one of those props where uh you, you, you don't even have to be perfect on it because if you get the end, well, you're, you're expecting goodness, but badness can help too. I'm going to go uh, Alvin Kamara under 68.5 rushing yards. It's only 90 points, but the matchup's pretty tough versus the Bucks. That's a lot of rushing yards, even when Kamara's on his game. He clearly is less than 100% in week one. I'll, I'll roll the dice here. Hopefully he has a better game, but I still don't know if he gets the 70 yards on the ground. Seattle defensively is not good. Denver just turned the ball over. And now Seattle's going to be on the road for San Francisco. Give me Debo Samuel. Rush and receiving combo over 75 and a half. It's even money either way. I mean, like I said, I'm reluctant to go after Jeff Wilson too heavily because I think Debo's going to get his rushes. So whether it's handed to him or passed to him, give me some Debo here. Yeah. How many points was that one worth? It's 100 points. It's even either way. Yeah. I'm going to wrap up with my ice pick with Devontae Adams over six and a half receptions. Uh, as I said, I think the Raiders get healthy against these Cardinals. Adams looks like a stud. Him and Carr, they're in sync. He's my ice pick this week at 105 points. There's two running back props I like here for overs that are not going to give me a bunch. Um, it's either Aaron Jones or Joe Mixon. Why don't I take Joe Mixon? Because it's one little additional point. It's 80 instead of 75. Over for Joe Mixon is my ice pick over the 62.5 total rushing yards. I expect uh, that offensive line to play a little bit better, and I expect a motivated Lyle Collins this week. You think so? 
I would think so, yes. I would hope so. I expect motivated fantasy managers this week, hitting the lineups, catching us on Sunday, or excuse me, on Saturday over at Fantastics. And of course, check all out all the tools at insiderfootball.com. You can get the podcast there anytime. Subscribe wherever you listen. James and I will be back again in week three. Until then, thanks for listening to another edition of the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.